Assalamu alaikum. This is the second part of the discussion that we started to understand the historical context of Shia in action and the associated persecution. The goal of these discussions and the reflections is to invoke questions. We're not here to give any proposals or provide answers, at least in this part. If we understand that there is a fundamental problem to be addressed, it will be a major win. So again, I repeat, the goal of this chapter, chapter 3, historical context of Shia in action, persecution and causes, the second part, is to enable and equip the listeners and readers to ask a very fundamental question. Are we different? And can we do something to make a difference that wasn't done by prior generations? Answers and proposed recommendations will be shared in chapter 5. Just to recap, in the first part of the discussion, we gave examples of how the Muslims and the followers of Islam remained quiet when our pure divine leaders were present and were oppressed. And the main takeaways was if someone gives an argument that we as Shias lack leadership today and that's why we are confused and divided historically, when we have had absolute divine leadership, we remained divided and weak. It is not the leadership that will make a change. It is not the mojizat that will make a change. It is us who need to change and stand up according to the teachings of our imams. Our imams want their followers to go through a transformation in themselves which will ultimately result in transformation of the society and humanity. Imams never sought worldly power. If they wanted, if they desired, they could have gotten it with the help of Allah and his special powers. Rather, they wanted to reform the Ummah of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. When the time comes to show the power of Allah, the 12th Imam, Imam Mahdi will come with divine support and change the landscape of the world. This Inaction and lack of self-transformation is a big reason why the Shias have suffered over the years. Let's look at what has happened over the ages. We know that Shia Muslims have been persecuted, following our few examples through the lens of time. First, the lovers of Imam Ali were punished by the Khulafa from 632 AD the year of death of the Prophet to 656 AD, the end of the third Khilafah. For example, expulsion of Abu Ghaffari from Medina. Second, this, these atrocities continued and turned a very severe page at the hands of Banu Maya from 661 AD to 750 AD. This included the event of Karbala, what happened in Kufa, and so on. Abbasids then came. They called themselves part of household of the Prophet as they were the descendants of the uncle of Prophet Abbas, but killed innumerable Bani Fatimiya from 750 AD to 1258 AD. These 500 years were one of the bloodiest years for Bani Fatmiya. They destroyed the shrines of Imam Hussain martyred six of the Imams from the progeny of the Holy Prophet. Essentially, they were one of the worst 
trace ever to born on the face of this earth. Fourth, then came the time of Fatimi government, who were Shias in Egypt. But that was overthrown by Salauddin Ayyubi, who massacred Shias massively in the 1200s. From 660s to 1260s, Shias migrated from Arab world to Iran, India, and other places like Central Asia. Around 1300s, the rise of the Salafi doctrine through the teachings of Ibn Taymiyyah resulted in killing of Shias on multiple fronts. This included the killing by Ottomans of Alevis in the 14th and 15th century. This included Aurangzeb killing Shias in the 1700s. This included the rise of Wahhabism doctrine in the 1800s that resulted in the destruction of the Shia holy sites in Iraq and Saudi Arabia and then the full destruction of Jannat al-Baqi in 1923 and the associated persecution of Shias. And that was followed by the modern-day anti-Shia tyrants, including Saddam Hussein in Iraq, Ali Saud in Saudi Arabia, Wahhabism in India, Pakistan, Indonesia, and Malaysia, which has resulted in state-sponsored killing as well as terrorism in all of these countries. In other words, Shias have been persecuted for a long time, and since we have been persecuted for a long time, we need to ask this question, why? There must be something wrong that we're doing which is persistent over time. It is not dependent on time era or the tyrant of the time. Rather, it is based on our approach. It is something that is persistent, consistent over time. So if someone says that we lack leadership or the financial resources to make a difference, my humble answer would be that we need to dig deeper to analyze the root cause of the problem. In the next part, we'll discuss what is that root cause. We only have 100 days left before the U.S. elections. And these 100 days will define if we decide to stand up to make a difference in our lives and in the lives of so many others who depend and hope that someday some people will stand up for justice. We cannot let this opportunity fade away. Thank you.